Uh, it was it was announced on Friday that the release of No Time to Die is now being pushed till the spring, and I have a question for you. Be, be honest, is this just because you want to be James Bond for a few months longer? Just eke every second I can. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you, here's the deal. This thing is just bigger than all of us, and we just want people to go and see this movie in the right way, in the safe way, and, and, and um, you know, we, cinemas are. You know, all around the world are closed at the moment, and we want to release the movie at the same time all around the world. And this isn't the right time. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, you know, fingers crossed. April second is going to be our date. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss, rejoice, and analyze in the James Bond phenomenon in all its shapes and forms, from Fleming to films and everything in between. Oh. oh. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Edgar. I'm uh, another one of your hosts. I'm uh, Matt. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning. Andrea. Nice to see you sitting next to me. Yes. It's, it's, it's uh, unusual. Usually I, I sit across from you, but uh, this morning is a little bit uh, special, different. It is different. I mean, we uh, usually we absolutely refuse to sit uh, next to one another. Uh, six, <laughs> it's part of my contract. Actually. Well, six, six feet, Mister. You know, COVID nineteen <laughs> and all. Uh, but uh, circumstances dictate, um, and pleasant circumstances. In fact, we have a very special guest on on the show. Uh, a couple of months back, the uh, managing editor of Cinema Blend, which is a very respectable, very well known. Pop culture, cinema, television, video game podca- uh, podcast, the website, but they also offer podcasts. Uh, wrote to us, you know, uh, we have pe- hashtag we have people everywhere. <laughs> Sometimes we don't even know we have these people. And uh, they wrote to us saying, uh, it was Sean O'Connell, who's the managing editor there. He says, I know a guy, big James Bond fan. He's listened to your show. His name is Mike Reyes. And he said, well, hey, Stroking our egos is never a problem, <laughs> so bring them aboard. So Mike Reyes, uh, contributor and writer for Cinema Blend, uh, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you, Matt, for having me on today. Uh, this is this is just really awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll just start with that. <laughs> we appreciate your honesty at admitting that being on our show is awesome. That's <laughs> We're also extremely humble, as you've noticed. <laughs> so this is going to be a bit of um, this, this today's show or this week's show. Uh, this is a debriefing, and I think it makes sense. A uh, Matt, you and me haven't done a, a real debriefing in a couple. I mean, it was the Connery, but that was yeah, like you know that was really we had improvised. Yeah. Exactly, we had to do that with Jason. And uh, but we like a debriefing, like oh, what's what's been in the news recently? We haven't done one since September. Sep- um, uh, no, actually October. I think we did one for pre. When I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> it's, it's been, been a while. Come on. It's been a while. So not only have we not done a debriefing in a while, but Mike, as as our esteemed guest this week, well, you're sort of kind of in that industry. You write for Cinema Blend, and Cinema Blend is Cinema Blend. Blend 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 is well, they blend movies. So what? Maybe I would let the floor to you. Maybe tell us what Cinema Cinema Blend is. I do have trouble with. Yeah. Too much coffee, maybe. You almost want to say cinnamon blend. Maybe I do. Maybe Are I you do. hungry? Because it want, you really it wants to come out. You're like cinnamon blend, cinnamon blend. Blah, blah, blah. I bought the wrong breakfast this morning. I needed cinnamon buns. See, cinnamon buns. I have no problem saying that. 
So maybe regale us a little bit in, in what what do you what is cinnamon cinnamon blend and uh, what do you do at cinnamon blend? <laughs> well, uh, at cinnamon blend, I'm a barista. <laughs> so, uh. I make a mean latte, and I I am not above handing out scones. But at cinnamon blend, I am a well. I think I, I don't know if we change the titles yet, but I know I was senior movie contributor. Mm. Uh, we just went through an acquisition where I think. No, I'm content producer, but still kind of same job, just mm. different title. But uh, basically, uh, we cover a wide spectrum of entertainment, you know, TV, movies. Uh, if it ties into something specific, we'll we'll cover games. Like uh, yesterday, I wrote up a whole questions feature about what this whole Project 007 thing means, and mm. we can get into that later. But mm-hmm. um, I was approached to be the on-staff Bond expert. I've been on staff since 2014. I was a freelancer since 2014, and I just went full time last year. Congratulations! We're thank you. So now we've been trying to build certain writers up as like experts to different uh, different areas of Mm -hmm. expertise. Mm -hmm. And you know, we have a Disney guy on staff. Uh, Sean is a big fan of the. Snyder cut of DC's Justice League, and he's been right. He wrote a whole book on that. He's like a covers book. that. Say, yeah, he's got a book coming out. Release the Snyder cut. Okay. Oh, really? For real? <laughs> All right. And then he actually uh, he did an interview with Amy Adams yesterday, and she was like, "Oh wow, I want that book." And that was the work chat just blew up after that point. <laughs> I'm sure it so, did. So, but yeah, yeah, he he kind of inspired me because I I really want to write like a definitive book about Daniel Craig's time in the role from jumping in and mm-hmm. Casino Royale to you know the end of No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, mm. they asked me. They're like, "Well, do you want to be our Bond expert?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> Did and, were they aware yeah. of your affinity for the? Fr- they must have had a. They they must have been clued into your affinity. For the franchise, they didn't pick you at random. So you must have shown uh, a certain aptitude for for Bondian knowledge and this and that. Where, do, where does that come from? What's your what's your background with Bond? So I credit my background with James Bond to my father, Mario, and uh, he. I remember he told me. I think the first Bond he got to go see in theaters ended up becoming his favorite was on Her Majesty's Secret Service back in 1969. Oh, good man. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good man, because after he, he he sort of ingrained that in my mind, I sort of took after him in that respect where I just went through all the movies in high school. Nice. And I came to some, one of the same uh, conclusions where it's like, wow, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service was way ahead of the curve when it came to Bond. Mm-hmm. And, but it all really started with Goldeneye, because the first time, the first frame of James Bond footage I ever saw, and this really, a little more context on this, my dad took me to see Toy Story for my birthday that year. Nice. I'm like 13, still kind of, still kind of in the kids' movie phase, but ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting into Star Trek at that time, mm-hmm. and one of my best friends was there with his dad, and they're like, "Hey, Goldeneye's playing over there. You want to go in and see it?" So they go sneak because they're James Bond fans, and my buddy and I are there with them. So the first time I ever see James Bond is when Pierce Brosnan meets Joe Don Baker's Jack Wade. 
now. You look at that move. You look at that moment in context. It's a cool moment, mm. but you're 13. You're just getting off a of Toy Story, mm. and this is how you're introduced to this. It's like uh, <laughs> PlayStation out in the lobby. Yeah, jo- jo- then, you didn't. Were you weren't impressed by? Uh... Jodan Baker's uh, tush. Uh... <laughs> it took a little while for me to really understand what that man's hindquarters meant to the, the franchise. And, you know, when, when you know, you know. Exactly. We understand this in this circle of friends here. We understand the importance <laughs> of that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't until uh, GoldenEye 64 hmm. that I really, I played the game, hmm. loved it, oh, yeah. and it's like, okay, uh, we have Goldeneye. I'm gonna go watch that, and then Tomorrow Never Dies hits pay-per-view mm. in theaters not too long after that, and it's like, ooh, okay, that's that's a continuation. I'm gonna keep going with this, and then that was it. Nice. They, st- they kept making games. They kept making movies. I just took it all in. There was like that DK book, the what the. Oh, I forget what the name of it was. Oh, uh, White Book. Uh, yes. Right on the cover. Secret War, War of the 007. Yes. I have that book still. Yeah. I, liked, uh, I, I think I still have my copy of that hidden somewhere. And it was just <laughs> after that point, I was buying the books like that. I was, uh, you know, I got the, the, the very first Best of Bond, James Bond compilation cd for like all <laughs> themes and just from that point on it was like okay this is this is where i am now <laughs> sounds like the good old days they released another james bond movie a few years later they made video games they made books i'm like man i miss yeah. those days <laughs> used to do that like oh. almost every two years you got a new movie you've got mm. the tyrants I know, I know. So uh, excellent. Well, it, it's it's a it's a fantastic it's a fantastic setup for the for 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 the episode. Uh, you know, maybe some some very simple questions. Do you have uh, so since your father uh, Mario's favorite film is on a Majesty's Secret Service? Is that also your favorite film? Do you or do you have one? Uh, it's hard for me to narrow down one specific favorite film but honor majesty secret service is one of my favorites mm. just because you look at what george lazenby did for bond and then you look at what timothy dalton did for bond mm. there's no way that daniel craig gets to that point without certain touchstone movies like it's it, it, i still maintain there is no bad actor that has played james bond the material may have changed the approach but just it's an evolving legacy mm-hmm. like Roger Moore doesn't get enough credit for For Your Eyes Only because For Your Eyes Only is almost like a prototype of Quantum of Solace. You're right. Roger Moore doesn't. It's I would true. even I would shorten that sentence. Roger Moore doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and nor is Moonraker the worst James Bond movie. It does have a lot of. I mean, this 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 could, this episode could devolve into something that has not at all a debriefing, but. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I I completely agree. And, and Matt, you can no, I of course completely... Daniel Craig's. Arc his his version of James Bond if 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 Dalton isn't there for a couple movies and if Lazenby isn't there for his one movie does that happen? It's debatable, very debatable. Yeah. And plus, I've um what I've been doing is I've slowly been rewatching all of them because we've been running rankings. Mm-hmm. Like we're I, we're trying to sort of build up. The way I see it is we're building up a library of Bond content at Cinema Blend because we want to build up libraries of content with our experts. And one of the big things I wanted to do was go through the whole run again because I hadn't watched all of them in a while, Mm. rank the movies by individual Bond. Mm. And as I've been running through it, it's just amazing to watch 
you watch those first five Sean Connery movies and it's it's almost like watching Marvel do the MCU again. Because <laughs> how audiences must have lost their minds when you first see Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. Like he just turns in that chair mm. and you can imagine people gasping. Mm. I know it's uh yeah, the MC I guess so, huh? It sort of does. I mean, we. It's one of those things where, when when you put it into perspective like that, Mike, it sort of it it, it hits me because, like, yeah, that's that is a very MCU style type of storytelling. Because Blofeld is alluded to. He's suggested in 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 some of the previous films, and he's the Thanos. Now we get to finally <laughs> see Thanos in action. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's true. And but... then every now and then, you know, a new he pops up every now and then to sort of keep things going and keep things interesting mm. up until, you know, Kevin McClory gets his way, but still. Right. Well, this, I was about to say the less said about him, the better, but you know, if, if McClory's not there, we probably don't get the version of Thunderball that we got. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a touchy subject. I think everybody in, in the Bond fan community agrees. That's a bit of a touchy subject, but I, yeah, if McClory doesn't sue, I don't think, uh, I think they would have tried to sneak Blofeld into other, Movies. He would have been in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, oh, yeah. He would have seen him in, in For Your Eyes Only. They, they would have brought him back time and time again. And I, I think one of the things that helped the success of the franchise is that they don't have to uh, have that arch nemesis that mm. comes back time and time again. Eventually, they had to create other villains and more interesting villains, too. To, to yeah. Personally, I, I, I'm not a big fan of of the later iteration of Blofeld. I, uh, you mean Academy Award winner, Christoph yeah. Waltz? Yeah, uh, actually I am, but I'm, you know, I'm a, yeah, Blof, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Brofeld, Feld, Brofeld. I, I only heard that recently for the first time. Oh, I've heard it so many times since before. Blew my mind. It's so obvious. It's an obvious one. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think of another <laughs> one now, but uh, what was Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie? Brangelina? Oh, yeah. Angelina? <laughs> Brofloud. I was like, of course. Brofloud. <laughs> it is, you know. I, I know I'm, I'm a weirdo in that respect because not only do I really enjoy Christoph Waltz in that role, I like kind of what they did to change it. Like, I'm okay with the half-brother twist because I feel like so many times you've got these villains that are sort of adjacent to Bond's personality mm. and sort of dark mirrors, like most recently Silva, who, mm. you know, best bond villain so mm -hmm. far mm -hmm. at least as far as i'm concerned yeah, the ranking proves it <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know you you go to uh Trevallion even before that mm. like there are these villains that are supposed to be what if bond worked for specter mm -hmm. and i just every time i watch the uh the introduction of christoph waltz it, it always kind of chills me just how his demeanor toying with bond knowing he's in that room mm really excites me yeah there's a little moment in specter that that scene you're quoting uh mike that i remember back in the day back in the day well, it was five years ago <laughs> um being in the cinema and like all of us i think we saw specter a few times in theaters and every single time i was the only person that chuckled when blofeld enters you can't see his face yet and he sort of looks at one of his Slaves, the slave comes up, goes down to his ear. Blofeld whispers something. You don't know what it is, and the slave sort of just brings the mic a little closer. I I thought that was such like a 
a bizarre, <laughs> weird, funny moment. Every single time I saw that movie, I'm the only person that thinks that's funny. I don't know why. I just oh, that's very Blofeldian. <laughs> It's like the most minor inconvenience, and he's like, "I can't be bothered with this. Bring the microphone to me, please." Yes. No. Yeah, that's that. That <laughs> is pretty cool. Now I can whisper a little more. <laughs> Don't let me interrupt you. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to know. You know, one of the exciting things about chatting with fellow Bond fans, especially when we're chatting for the first time with fellow Bond fans, is discovering these different opinions. Because you're one of you're a rare breed, Mike, that not only likes. The, the Christoph Waltz interpretation of Blofeld, but that actually likes the Brofeld angle. That's you don't it's hear rare. that often. That you don't hear that often. So it's it's gets me. I get all tingly when I hear stuff like I, that. I, <laughs> honestly, I I love when people like something that I I don't necessarily like because you get to enjoy it, mm. and I don't. And I'm like, oh, maybe you're gonna explain it to me so that I might actually eventually find some enjoyment. Uh, to that that, that 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 aspect of the film, depending on what whatever it is, but for Brofeld, See, this, this is a, yeah, this is another reason why I like this fandom because I think I saw someone on Twitter saying something along the lines of the James Bond fandom is a pretty good fandom, and I would have to agree because some of some of the other you know major franchise fandoms you see this this factioning and this sort of infighting. Mm. I don't get too much of that with Bond fans. Like maybe every now and then someone will say this should have been ranked higher or, mm. or that's yeah. not really, you know, I don't agree with that. But I've never really thrown down with anyone over it. And I think that's only part of how it's lasted as long as it has. Yeah, which I, which, well, I mean, I agree with you on, on the basic principle that within the Bond fan community, there's very few significant quarrels. Uh, I no pun intended. Um, you know, it's it's not something that just happens very often. Um, why would it happen in uh, Star Wars or Star Trek, which frankly are not exactly franchises so much younger than Bond? I mean, if you include the Fleming books, okay, they have like an extra twenty years on the other on the other teams, uh, the other guys. But even so, you know, Star Wars has been around for f over forty years. Star Trek were. 50? More than yes, fifty. More than fifty. So it's not exactly those franchises are young; they're 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 getting up there in age, and all the more power to them. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Trekkie per se, although I I casually enjoy Star Trek, and I'm not nearly the Star Wars fan I used to be back in my youth. But but I still like I, it enough. But yeah, it's it's you'd see some of these conver quote conversations if we dare call them that, and it's like what you know what I'm gonna stick with Bond because that just doesn't sound very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Bond as a series is not mired by needless continuity between films. Uh, it, it's all about the movie that you're watching, which is it, it, like it's a movie made at that time for people at that time. Mm. It may or may not resonate further than 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 that time, but even then, it has some. Um, appeal because it's it's kind of retro uh, in a way. No, but it, it, there's some appeal to it, it's it's kind of like uh, watching a period piece. I love watching Doctor Snow because it yeah. takes place in 1960 cool. 62, uh, and like Star Wars, uh, they try to tell me it happened uh, a long time ago in a long <laughs> in the galaxy far far away. But the original 1977 movie is a 70s movie, yeah. and the prequels are so early 90s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s and 
I get no pleasure knowing the backstory of Darth Vader where James Bond is just he's there kills villains bangs babes and you know blows stuff up that's it it's it's, it's at, at the core essence mm -hmm. of James Bond it's the perfect male fantasy uh, yep <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's basically that's that's one of the key ingredients, and also the fact that the franchise, while it has had, you know, the longest gaps were like the six years between License to Kill and Goldeneye, and now mm. we're going on six years between can Spectre. We, can and we Titanic. beat that record, guys? Can we beat that record? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that just means that Daniel Craig is going to be the longest-running James Bond for a good long while, mm. because mm. you know, but he only loses the title when they announce the next actor. And that's not happening until after the movie. Yeah, that that's an interesting one. I remember reading it was uh, to my shock and surprise it wasn't a cinema cinema cinnamon blend article. Uh, I'm gonna go with that for the day. Um, it was uh, there was a very brief passage. You know where where do these quotes come from? How authentic is it? God only knows, and probably God him or herself is questioning it. But but um, it was in the last few months. You know where someone got to to barbara uh, you know have you got you know considering that nothing's happening with james bond have you guys maybe started planning ahead and the answer was a flat no we're gonna let which i guess is something you know what do you want to say to the public what do you want to say to uh monsieur madame tout le monde mr and mrs just anybody off the street you know you know you haven't seen the new james bond movie yet but we've started working on the one after that no you probably want to put as much time and effort and marketing behind the one nobody's seen yet so how much truth is there behind that? Sort of judging by how the Barbara Michael team has done things, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that's 100% accurate. Nope, they haven't done anything. Nope, there's no script for Bond 26. Nope, they haven't talked with any actors. Like, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that's true, actually. That's maybe just me. I don't know. But, uh... I was incredibly lucky to get to talk to Barbara Broccoli in January because she promoted the rhythm section. Oh. So not only did I get the, the on-camera setup was uh, Rita Ronald, the director, Blake Lively, and then Barbara Broccoli. But in addition to that, they're like, would you uh, want to sit down with her and do like a one-on-one -on -one interview with like just a, just recording, like not off-camera? But like you know, fifteen minutes sitting with her. Okay, we're canceling all the other topics for this uh, debriefing. Uh, speak, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Barbara Broccoli is a lovely person to talk to. Mm. Like she's just phenomenal, and you, even just sitting there with her, you can see why she and Michael G. Wilson are the folks that have been entrusted with Bond. Besides the fact that Bond has always been a family business, mm. you know, Cubby Broccoli and, and Harry Salzman starting it, but then Cubby, you know, keeping it going. And then, you know, the, you see uh, Barbara Broccoli starts working on it. Michael G. Wilson starts working on it. Uh, I think there's even a, uh, I think there's like a financial officer in the ranks that his father worked on the movies too. Nice. But I just sort of noticed after looking at all the, the credits over time, it's like, oh, this person, are they related? And it was like, yeah. <laughs> but Barbara Broccoli is amazing to talk to. And even back in January, I was like, D uh, are you looking at anyone? Are you, are you thinking about it? And she told me something that she's gone on to repeat in other interviews. So I, I totally believe that they haven't found someone yet. She's like, look, 
you can only be in love with one person at a time. Oh. And I'm still, she was still getting over the fact that this is Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was one of the things uh don't ever expect a rated R James Bond movie. Cause she said, cause I even asked her like, look, rhythm section is rated R. It gets mm. pretty intense. Mm. Is there any chance that you would want to do that with Bond? And she's like, no, that, that franchise operates on a different set of rules. And mm. she's just, I, I want to talk to her again. I want to talk to Michael <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Literally, as I love my job. <laughs> I would leave Cinema Blend for is if Eon Productions came up and was like, do you want to work for us as like a historian or, <laughs> or want to get us coffee? Or like, I <sighs> work for the Bond machinery, no question. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's unbelievable. It it it, it warms my heart. Not surprising because I, 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 that's not the first time we hear that that Barbara is quite pleasant uh, in, in in person. But it warms my heart ever more so to hear it from someone that has had the privilege of chatting with her at least for a few minutes, and uh, and the answer she gave you. You know, it makes sense. Uh, you can only be in love with one person at a time, and th- there is a bit of a running gag if you will like the the way she um the intensity with which she appreciates daniel craig oh, you sort God. of get the vibe that yeah. maybe there's a little if, if if he was a few years older and she was a few years younger it'd be like yeah, i wonder if they'd actually you know, <laughs> they don't have yeah. that much uh, That's age true. they're not that different not that different but uh yeah I've, oh. I've always wondered if, is there maybe a little you know uh, she has a crush on it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> helps to look at people you work with mm. yeah. no absolutely absolutely that's well, uh, i'm so mm. i'm so glad that that she's from the experience that you seem to have gotten from the few minutes you spent with her she's still passionate about bond because we've both i think everyone has heard that oh they're they're thinking about selling the franchise and mm. uh, that's something that honestly keeps me almost keeps me up at night it's something i don't want to see happen because i i feel there's a legacy and there's a it's it makes the bond franchise unique that it's been under the control of one singular entity and it's been passed on it's a legacy like it's not like star trek which i mean uh roddenberry was only like involved until past 1991 after that he was he's gone and george lucas sold his share and even it's questionable whether as much like for franchises to have a continuous family involved and it's it's special and it's some not something that's to be taken lightly because i feel other franchises mm. should have someone in control mm. uh joe darnington from being james also, they need their their uh, uh, kevin feige they have a kevin feige her name is barbara <laughs> Bro- broccoli and it's the other way around they need a barbara broccoli they need a michael g wilson and it's it, you don't get those that often for franchises. I mean, the Batman movies are have ups and downs because there's no one at the, at the control. It's corporate entities, faceless, sort of tasteless. That you know, give it to a director for a while, give it to another person, and it's just ugh. But you know, Bond is unique, and I 
I'm so glad you tell, you, you got the impression that she's still passionate, mm -hmm. still wants to be involved with Bond. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll wait until No Time to Die is, is released to start thinking about, oh, what's coming up next? Uh, I, oh, that makes me happy and warm inside. I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, you, uh, I'm sort of a Doctor Who fan. And mm -hmm. I remember when they brought the when they did the modern revival of the series, mm -hmm. just right before the first season even started, they're like, "Oh, by the way, David Tennant's coming in after this." And I felt mm. like that was the worst decision you could have made to announce that at that point because then it just sits in your mind. Mm -hmm. You really need to mm -hmm. enjoy what's in front of you right now and be mm -hmm. able to part with it, be able to say goodbye and sort of process in your own way instead of. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm totally watching No Time to Die. Oh, oh man, this is Daniel Craig's last movie, yeah. but but I wonder what Henry Cavill's going to be like, <laughs> or Sam Hewitt, or or right. Tom Hardy. Yeah, and it just, yeah. I feel like it is so distracting, and I'm glad that they're not in a rush. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's there's and you know, mind you, I know we've recorded debriefings in the past, or even myself, I will come clean, guilty as charged. I've been a little bit harsh on them. Uh, and I I, re I regret some of the things I've I've said. We keep it clean uh, as far as as far as vocabulary is, but tone and message. I've been a little bit harsh on them on some debriefings in the past because it got a little bit frustrating with the way you know when it was still Bond 25. We didn't even know what the hell it was going to be, and you know this delay and that delay, and they couldn't get along uh, with uh, with Danny Boyle for reasons I'm sure we'll discover at some day. Oh. Um, well, that's so bad. Oh, unless you I have some information that we don't. We're waiting for uh, A.J. Chowdhury and, uh, good grief, his, his, his co-writer name escapes me right now, but the updated version of Some Kind of Hero, I am, I'm waiting for that updated version to come out because I need that No Time to Die <laughs> chapter badly. Uh, but so I've been a little bit harsh, but um, yeah, if the passion is still there, that's 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 very reassuring. And and these delays, and maybe this will bleed into some of our our topics. Uh, one of the reasons why I, reg I regret some of the things I've said the past couple of years is because some of these delays are not entirely their fault. Some of these have to do with well, who owns this stuff, and how do you get these deals done? Um, and if for people that maybe didn't really know what the structure of the ownership was, I think a lot of us learned a lot more in, what was it, about a month ago, early October, mid-October, with some very interesting stories uh, as, as the Bond, uh, of, of us three as the Bond expert. Uh, do, would you like to maybe uh, recap uh, maybe what happened in late, I think officially late September, but the news broke out in the first couple weeks of October uh, so with about yeah, with the respect to uh, what MGM yeah. is trying to do and what Eon maybe doesn't want to do and new companies that are suddenly appearing. No, not new companies, but uh, new uh, potential owners, streamers. Well, what's really funny about that is, you know, we were talking about the fact that before now, the longest delay was six years, and it was because of the gap between License to Kill and Goldeneye. That was, it, it's not the same exact thing, but that was another one of those things where the corporate wrangling got in the way because MGM was getting bought out. Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Quintex and then Pathé wanted mm -hmm. to buy them out. Mm -hmm. And then Pathé wanted to cash out on the rights. Yeah. And Dan Jack at the time was like, uh, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. that's not how this works. And then there was that, those legal battles that 
came in because of that. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening now because, you know, no, uh, up until I would say maybe the middle of October, you know, MGM was doubling down. It's like, no time to die is coming out in November. You know, we're going to release this new poster, this new trailer. Do you want a Billie Eilish music video? Here's your Billie <laughs> Eilish music video. And then literally just as that video came out, the announcement was made that we're going to push it to April. Hmm. And then, of course, with another delay, that's an opportunity for streaming companies like Apple TV Plus hmm. or Netflix hmm. to come in and try to make a deal. And again, that, that interesting word pops up again because they – I think it was at least Apple. I don't know if Netflix bid on it, but Apple was one of the people that bid on hmm. – Bond 25 when they were uh, farming out the distribution. I, yes, I remember that. I remember that, yeah. So it's really interesting that they sort of pop into the field again, but, you know, those rumors started popping up that Apple and Netflix were throwing out obscene amounts of money. Like, I still remember seeing Drew McWeeny's tweet. He's like, I'm hearing numbers mm. here that are obscene. <laughs> Monster numbers. Yeah. And then sure enough, you've got follow-up pieces that said they were possibly offering $600 million. To, to stream That's... now to everybody else that sounds weird but think back to specter there was a report that said the movie was made on like a 200 million dollar budget and the break-even point was 650 that was the rumor that 650 mm -hmm. was their break -even point. Mm -hmm. to even be offered 600 million by a streamer is amazing mm. and it gets you most of the way there yeah. But again, that was supposedly MGM was trying to make that deal and the people at Eon Productions were like, well, we weren't approached with that. That's the part of the story. You know, and we go with what we know, we go with what's been published. That of, of the whole story, that was the part that surprised me, shocked me the most. Like, oh, hold on, Barbara and Michael didn't know that the other 50% of the ownership was, were having these coffee? Like, what happened there? Like, it so blows my mind that that happened. Blows my mind. I don't get that either. But I think what MGM might have been trying to do, not knowing anybody in the situation, but if anyone wants to come forward, I'm Mike at CinemaBalon.com. We can talk. <laughs> not knowing any of the inside gambling, what I think might have happened was MGM... And I wonder to a certain extent if Universal was involved in these talks too because Universal mm. gets home video yeah. and they also get international theatrical distribution. Yeah. From my understanding, MGM is domestic distribution. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they were trying to look at the packages with a juicy enough offer that they could go to Eon and propose it. It's like, you know, it's mm. better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> so maybe in a, in a light case of that, they were mm. like, okay, we'll look at these offers and mm. then go to Barbara and Michael and say, look, Apple wants six fifty. Netflix wants seven hundred. Uh, this this brings us a, a far way to what we need to be at, and we can make up the rest in ancillaries, tie-ins, yeah. and home video yeah. because that's a lot of this other stuff. A lot of this other product is is delayed. Uh, you've got the the Titan books, No Time to Die, like behind mm. the film book, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like I was having conversations with their rep, and I was like, "Can I mm. get a copy when it comes out?" They're like, "Well, we'll talk about it when it gets closer." <laughs> and, Sure enough, they're like, oh, we just wanted to let you know it's been pushed to April. And I was like, I kind of figured, but thank you for, for coming to me personally with that. You've got all this other product, like the things that they have sold, like the 
the Eilish LP is out. Uh, Chris Blackwell's limited edition 007 rum is out. Like certain products can still go out. But even the the reissuing the best of Bond James Bond. Yeah, I saw on vinyl. We have a friend that really wants to buy that, and he's like, "Well, why did they push?" Which is a fair question. Why would you push that back? It's, anyways, whatever. <laughs> so want, he wants the gold edition too. <laughs> I want that too, and I don't know where to get it. Like, there's that, and then they have that Bond Twenty Five, where it's like I think all the previous themes are rearranged and done with an orchestra. Oh, oh. Like, oh I didn't know that. Oh yeah, there's all of this product that was ready to go. And now they have to hold it because mm. I guess they really want to push the movie. They really want to push the movie up as much as they can when, mm. you know, you really could have released some of these things and, and mm. sort of stemmed the blue with, with tie-in money. But yeah. it, I, I, I just think they wanted to build a good market position and then go to Barbara and Michael mm. and say, look, this is a really good offer. Do you guys want to do this? <laughs> and the answer came swiftly. <laughs> emphatically yeah. I can't blame them yeah and uh, well Matt uh, want to chime in here you know what uh, when I heard that like I'm I'm not you know I, I there are things I don't mind seeing uh, on a streaming platform but for a movie that was shot partially in IMAX mm. Not having that experience mm. would be a tragedy to me, and it's, it's it's just I'm willing. You know what? As a joke, I think Edgar said it the first time. You know what? You know what's going to be the um, 50th anniversary uh, movie? It's uh, it's going to be No Time to Die. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it would be better. Shut up po- next time. Postponed to 2022, and I honestly I'd rather. I don't think it's coming out in April. Uh, at the least. The, the earliest, maybe come uh, October, November of 2021. Mm. Mm. They should have m- fully pushed it to November. Yeah, but my heart's of summer 2022. Yeah. yeah if, if it, I mean, at this point, if you, if you are going to push it to November, maybe you do push it out that far just to make the anniversary. Yeah. No, and you'll point. have something for it, but at the same time, then there's got to be some sort of plan to to stem the tide in between like they gotta do something yeah well we'll get to maybe one of those things in, in, in a few minutes uh, not a, not a movie but but intimately related um yeah it's it's it is starting to feel like uh, now this is this is not the covid uh, debriefing but like one example up here in 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 canada one of the, the very respected sort of um websites for news um uh, said, uh, interviewed a health expert that that represents the works for the government, and said, "Well, look, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not far off. Maybe in a year, if Health Canada, which is like the the, the government health organization, maybe in a year, if Health Canada uh, approves the vaccine, which might get done in a few months, most of Canadians will be vaccinated next November." And I read that going like. Oh, this is going to take a little longer than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, uh, yeah, even November 2021 is, uh, it'd be great, but it, just as far as the um, real-world problems, uh, yeah, I don't even know about November anymore. I, I, We've had off-mic conversations about COVID, you and me, Matt, where I was like, oh, man. Well, if it's at ninety percent, ninety-five percent, maybe next summer. Next summer, but when when the health expert from the government said, "Oh, maybe most Canadians in a year from now," I was like, "Oh shit!" And maybe, <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. 
a lot of mites and shoulds, you know, little mm. little gates there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, fascinating stuff. But maybe segueing to, because Matt, you put it very eloquently. It would be a, a tragedy. It would be if we didn't get it on IMAX. And I think in our hearts, we all agree with that. Not, not only IMAX, the collective experience. Watching oh, yeah. a movie on your yeah. own in your little apartment. You know, there's something to the big screen, and I'm not just talking. Oh, it's the, but the collective experience. Even when people can like l stop touching their phones and just enjoy the movie it, there's something when like people you don't know have a reaction mm -hmm. and laugh at certain jokes and uh, are gasp at certain things uh, it, it, there's something to that i mean it's multiple i have multiple experience in theaters like fight club being my number one experience because mm -hmm. i didn't know anything um X-Men 2 when Wolverine says holy shit I had like I said it at the same time as you Jackman which I'm, I kind of blew my mind and the, for James Bond like oh the, the, the in Casino Royale when he has, orders his vodka martini mm -hmm. and he's asking a chicken or stirred and he says do I look like I give a damn mm -hmm. it, it yeah. always got a reaction yeah. those are moments that you know you won't get in your little apartment or even you have friends over it's not the same thing as having a bunch of people you don't know who have a reaction and the communal experience and i think after this uh, pandemic is over people will crave like they haven't craved probably since the 1920s collective experience <laughs> in in a theater environment i think it's going to be a lot of things are, are going to disappear but i i think the theatrical uh, experience will be uh, I think a lot of theaters are still going to close, but I, I, I hope that uh, theater goers are a little bit more uh, uh, nicer to other people and they, they mm. don't text or right. talk all, all the time. Uh, I, I think it's going to be reju rejuvenated by, by uh, a lot of things are going to be different, but I hope we, we, we get a decent theatrical experience. I want that. The IMAX and the people. I love people. Mm. And we have yeah. people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just had one, one of my uh, local theaters closed down about two weeks ago. Hmm. Like this was one of the biggest in my state. It was a hmm. 24 screen AMC. Jesus. And I didn't even know about it until the Sunday of that weekend. A friend of mine sent me this local news item and they're like, yeah, as of Monday, they're shuttered. Hmm. And what's really sad is I had learned on that day that not only did they bring back Humphrey Red October, they brought back Goldfinger. Oh, God. I didn't get to go because they closed up, and I just oh. didn't have the time to go to another theater. But mm. I'm hoping – I know they can only hold on so long, mm. and if the 2021's called off, they're gonna, they, they probably might look for a big enough streaming deal. They're going to hold out as long as they can. Mm. Hypothetical, if mm. they did release it on streaming, I would hope that – when theaters open up again, a lot of these movies would take the opportunity to bring that content back. And it's like, look, this debuted in the home. You really need to see it on the yeah. screen. Yeah. And I would, I, just like any of the other bonds that they brought back, I would oh, do yeah. it. Absolutely. And well, that's something that you should consider as well. They should bring back the rest of the, the films. Mm. Yeah, no, oh, my uh, God. Well, I know. Uh, We've our... been addressing uh, this, the people that handle the social media <laughs> platforms for, for Cineplex. Suggesting that for a couple of months now, and they 
They're like, yeah, no time to die is coming. Yeah, but we're talking about the other 24 movies. That like, you're and yet, and yet, the responses to tweets that are not Bond related are like, absolutely great suggestion. I'm like, bruh, what about the James Bond movies? Why are you ignoring me? But, um, but speaking of the possibility, and and I know there are a couple other topics we want to we want to chow down on uh, this morning, but. But on the on the topic of the possibility of, of streaming, uh, you know, breaking news as of today's recording, like two three days ago, absolutely mind blowing news in the entertainment industry about Wonder Woman 1984, which got a lot of our people everywhere on Twitter, and I'm sure on Facebook, and I'm sure on Instagram, going like, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, well, you're 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 the industry expert, uh, regale us again literally the first movie that anybody mentioned when they heard that news like i literally had a friend that's like you up 007 and it's mm, like they, they yeah. tagged the official uh yeah. profile yeah but that news was wonder woman 1984 is not only keeping its christmas release date in theaters or at least uh they're going to start releasing internationally where available as of december 16th mm. they're gonna, it's still going to theaters but domestically in the u.s for hbo max they are de debuting the film day and date on their streaming platform for a month. Mm -hmm. So from Christmas for a month after that point, you can watch it on HBO Max, and then it just goes back to being a theatrical exclusive until it goes to VOD and and mm -hmm. home video. Mm -hmm. That is, and and we are our third co-host, Jason Kim, who's who's sort of. You, almost of the same school as yourself. He likes the industry. He likes the numbers. He likes the projections. Uh, he's, he's an engineer, as he likes to repeat. So he <laughs> likes sort of like, how does this work? And no, 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 And bless his heart uh, for it. Uh, we were having messenger uh, conversations with him uh, about it because he, he, like you, he's in the U.S. So he has HBO Max, and it's a curious I, I think i'm starting to understand why the hbo max angle is only a month because that's not available internationally only you guys in the u.s have it so it's weird in and of itself uh, but then again, hbo has always kind of been weird with international because i remember i know this is going going back a ways but back last year when we could still travel and mm. and play the junkets mm. there were people that were trying to catch up with game of thrones while we were in england and it's like, oh, I either have to use a VPN or mm. I think one of the Sky networks had it. Right, right, right. So that's always kind of been weird how HBO works internationally. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll see what I, I thought it was just the, the conversations with, with Jason were kind of interesting because the both of us were a little bit like, well, if theaters are barely open internationally and HBO Max is only available in the U.S., where's the profit going to come uh -huh. from? Uh, very strange. But it's still a very uh, – it's bold. I'll give them that much. <laughs> you know, this oh, yeah. Warner Brothers, they gambled with Tenet, and now they're, they're, they're gambling with Wonder Woman. So I well, guess they're – I don't think they can afford to hold their movies as long as, say, Disney. Mm. Like, yeah. at least Disney has the money. And Disney has other ways that they've been pivoting. But Warner Brothers, they don't pivot their movies to HBO Max all that much. Hmm. And they still got Godzilla vs. Kong that needs to come out. Hmm. They've still got, still got Dune, which was pushed back right, almost a right, full year. Right, right. And they've got all these other things that they, they don't have a major cash cow operating right now that works like a Disney Plus or a hmm. Star Wars. 
So they're going to get people, they're going to reel people in to HBO Max with, uh, I, I, there's not a shadow of doubt in my mind that their their number of subscribers will increase. I mean, you know. If it was available, I, 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 honestly, I would probably have gotten it already. Uh, yeah, but yeah. If, uh, if we had it here in Canada, this the, the, the night of that announcement, I was like, well, here's my credit card number. Everybody wants to see Wonder Woman 1984. It looks freaking amazing. And, and here in Montreal, there are no cinemas. Cinemas will not even be open for Christmas, so we'll probably be watching Wonder Woman 1984 in the spring, honestly. Yeah, so uh, So, anyways, but that's... Uh, so, but it's food for thought for maybe the Bond... Maybe, because I know the structure is very different. HBO Max is Warner Brothers, so there's sort of that Bond, yeah. pardon the pun, there's that Bond, whereas when it comes to Bond... Uh, it's sort of kind of non-existent. There is no MGM streaming service. There's no universe. Well, technically, there's a universal yeah. streaming service, but it's a little dicey, maybe with that. Oh, NBC uh, Universal. When is it? The uh, Peacock. Yeah, with Peacock, right? Yeah. And I would think. See, that's what I was thinking about too. It's like, okay, the reason Wonder Woman and anything else Disney, like the reason Disney could pull Hamilton from next fall to streaming this summer was because they own it. They own the streaming platform. Mm. All the rights are streamlined to the point where they can just shuttle that stuff over. Mm. Like you saw in the, in the first days of the pandemic, Disney put Frozen 2 and Rise of Skywalker up early. Mm. They threw yeah, Hamilton in there when theaters had to close. Like if Universal had Peacock up and operating at the beginning of the year, they probably could have done the same thing for Invisible Man, uh, right, The High right, Road, right. Irresistible, all these movies that they put to prime PVOD. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's and, true. Yeah, and uh, MGM doesn't have one. Universal does, but then again, that falls under the question of since Universal has home video, do they get to make that decision, or do they have to make it with MGM? And then does Eon have to jump in and say, "Well, wait a minute"? As they the, did with the Netflix Apple story, like uh, yeah, it's it's very complicated. I think our, one of our uh, another one of our people everywhere, Bill Koenig, who runs mm. uh, the Spy Commander, one of his. His articles, I believe it was in the week when the, the whole uh, Netflix Apple story was was exploding. Uh, he very succinctly said, "It's complicated with Bond." <laughs> it's like, "Yep, yeah. it's very complicated. You just can't make those deals." As, and I'm not suggesting that the decision to put Wonder uh, Wonder Woman eighty four to HBO Max is an easy decision to make. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, uh, now, now the rumors there's a, there's a, there's an animated Disney movie that's or and actually Soul I'm thinking of Soul, uh, you know I'm not saying that was an easy decision to make. None of these are easy decisions to make, but it, they're all easier than whatever decision Eon might want to make if they felt oh shit we really got to stream no time to die. It's not going to be easy to to negotiate. So. Um. No, and I don't think it's going to settle at $600 million. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to a cool billion. If they really wanted to. If they really wanted to. I mean, come on. This is this is, this is the company that gave us Bond villains. So why not dream a little? Like, I would say nah. that's, the, that's your thought. I would say maybe more realistically, that based on that laugh, more realistically, 7750 hmm, that's Maybe a... 7750 would be a nice place for them to land. Because, again... You have books, you have singles, you have a uh, home video that comes out eventually. They'll they'll make the rest up somewhere. Now, so but, it's going to raise the value of their past catalog. You're going to sell a bunch mm. of oh, like, yeah. bomb DVDs. I bet that's right in there too. I bet that's right in there. that Because right now, Bond streaming is kind of 
nebulous. Like you see, mm. most of the movies are on Hulu right now. I think they're on. Canada, they're on Crave right now. Are they on Crave? I don't have Crave actually. They yeah they they I think when are Connery passed right. Um. That's Canadian streaming, right? Yes. Crave is Canadian. Actually, funnily enough, speaking of Crave, Crave actually has uh, dis streaming distribution rights for some HBO material, but it's been confirmed that does not include Wonder Woman 1984. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, I would not be surprised if the past 24 movies are included in that because if you're going to pay that much, it's like, okay, I do want No Time to Die. And that you, you know that cost is just for No Time to Die. No one has a problem paying for that. Mm. But at the same time, you're probably going to negotiate and say, look, everyone's going to want the other 24. Yeah. Throw that in his gravy and you get your, you got yourself a deal. And then, you know, Netflix, home of James Bond or yeah. Apple TV Plus, all 25. Like the moment <laughs> that happens and the press release is out, I'm going to get a text no matter what time it is. I'll get a text. I'll get a phone call. And I'll probably already be up writing it. <laughs> You'll get a... You, yeah. It'll be like sense. Uh, like, my buns are sting, is stinking. <laughs> oh, who knows, uh, Mike? Maybe you'll get a call from, from Barbara. She'll be like, Mike, I have a scoop for you. Breaking news. We need to talk now. Log on Skype. <laughs> oh, I... Uh, any, any time. Any time. Just, I would... Yeah, I'd be there. Absolutely. But, you know, but there was, um, and yes, there are a couple other things that we want to talk about, but this is such a good conversation. I believe it was Scott Mendelssohn. I don't want to get my platforms and names mixed up, but I think it was Scott Mendelssohn who writes for Forbes. Yeah, Scott Mendelssohn from Forbes. Uh, said, you know, uh, yeah, okay, it'd be kind of cool to be in my living room to watch No Time to Die, but, and, and when I was over at your place this week, we briefly talked about it. When you make that decision, to put a, a Bond movie, for instance, on streaming, you need to start thinking about, well, how do you go, uh, not go back, how do you go back to theaters after that? Because you, you're going to start to condition people yeah. to understand that, oh, well, Bond is streaming. And, and that's maybe a little bit my worry with Wonder Woman 1984. You know, oh, well, Wonder Woman is now a streaming movie. Wonder Woman 3 comes out and people are like, well, I'm going to wait for streaming. Like, there is that risk there because bond and and wonder woman and, and black widow and, and godzilla you know bond is meant for the big screen like we were talking earlier that's there's still that i thought that was an interesting article from 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 mendelssohn where it's like yes it would be fun it certainly would be fun because there's covid but but <laughs> let's keep in mind the but and not joe don baker's uh, <laughs> you know good so. one good one gardening yeah, it was. I don't know. I thought that was very interesting to keep in mind. It, uh, word word of caution, word of caution. If they make that decision, well, uh, theaters and studios are already starting to condition people on that sort of stuff because Universal was the the for, I think the only studio that's done this. They negotiated with AMC and Cinemark, two two of the three major chains in the U.S. to say, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to release our movies in your theater still because that's what you want. We're going to have this exclusive window of 17 days to be in the theaters. Mm. However, after 17 days, we are going to do PVOD rentals and you get a cut. Mm. That's how it went with AMC. Cinemark got an updated deal and I'm wondering if AMC is going to get this sort of treatment too. They said, okay, same deal. But if a movie debuts over $50 million in the first weekend, we get to extend that when we get to delay mm. that PVOD window. Interesting. So theaters and, and, and hmm. studios are already begrudgingly sort of 
setting this up, I'm assuming so that way theaters can keep their doors open now. And, you know, and as, as any good agreement, I'll tell you, it's only worth the paper it's printed on and whether mm-hmm. you can renegotiate it in the end. So I'm wondering if the only reason the theaters are entertaining this is because they know that they need to play along mm-hmm. and keep movies going. But at the same time, I wonder if this is really just the sign of the industry, sort of a new horizon dawning. And that's it's that but it's the but. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it's definitely a possibility. It's we're in we're we're living a fascinating chat as film fans, as as a, as fans of going to the movies, as as fans of having people delivered instantly to us on Netflix and Apple and Prime and this and that, of, of fans of all of that stuff. Yeah, I went to see Bill and Ted 3 in theaters, I believe. I paid for you, it. So paid already, 20 right, bucks for it. You know, already there. There's that interesting experience. Um, I don't know. It's it's really fascinating. I, I Far be it from me, and already you, you know so much more about this stuff than, than we do, but from what little I read and this and that, I find it endlessly fascinating. I'm, I'm gearing myself mentally for whatever happens. I'll go with it because the industry needs to survive. People, yeah. you know, these are jobs at stake. Uh, it's, it's really fascinating, really, really fascinating. Um, I'm curious about the, you know, for the future movies because we have – all these blockbuster that are made for insane. Yeah. I'm almost thinking about the, the the last two Avengers movie, which reportedly cost a billion dollar to make. I don't think I think we're gonna see like pared down uh, big spectacle movies, and hopefully the mid range um, sort of action movie from the 1980s that I love will return to theaters. I I, I can't. It, the profit margin for an Avenger movie must be ridiculously low because it takes a billion dollars to make. It has to make two billion dollars <laughs> to break even. And I don't know if the last Avengers movie actually... I think it did, just barely. It's ins- it it's insane. It is legit insane. Uh, I mean, Hollywood accounting is always insane because I think Men in Black technically took 20 years to become profitable. Jeez Louise. All that money in the theaters, it had all those other sequels, but the way Hollywood math works is like technically most movies lose money. And it has to make like a certain. I I think that's why they just keep on with your legacy sequels and your reboots. It's like because you got to get it's you got to get more money out of that out of that well to make it worth your while to begin with. Interesting. That's a very interesting angle to look at it from. Huh. 20 years for Men in Black. And you would think, well, geez, they made, they knocked out three in a, well, no, it took, I think the third one took a little while, but, uh, you know, they knocked yeah. out two in a very short time span. And, and yet, okay, we're well, on knowledge bomb. It took 20 years for the first one to make profit. That's, that's I think that's, it was 20. It was an obscene, obscene amount of time. Jeez Louise, that's unbelievable. That that song didn't make money that summer. It's <laughs> 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 not enough. Jeez Louise. Well, so we so we've been talking about. Uh, I mean, no time tonight is not going to streaming. Not yet. It is now being pushed. Uh, speaking of the film being pushed, one of the topics, uh, the very interesting topics you suggested is expectations. You know, um, I still remember the summer of two thousand seventeen when 007.com dot com announced 
quote, bond 25, end quote, for November 2019. I remember that press release did not say Daniel Craig was playing James Bond. Uh, but they did say Purvis and Wade were, would write the script, and we'll see you all in two and a half years. And it was a, a bit of an ambivalent day where I was like, yes, they're making a new one in two and a half years. Well, here we are uh, three and a half years later, and we're, st we're still waiting yeah. for the movie. But they made it. They, they did make it. They, they, it's on a hard drive somewhere. Um, now, delays can cause issues with expectations. Spoilers can cause um, uh, can affect expectations. Mike, and, and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll chime in as we go along, but as the guest of honor, you know, you're a Bond fan. I'm sure you're excited for No Time to Die. How are these delays maybe affecting you as a Bond fan? As you as someone, are you still excited for No Time to Die? To what degree? And so on and so forth. I'm still amazingly excited for No Time to Die, mm -hmm. despite the fact that thanks to these two delays, I, I was lined up to do the junkets for No Time to Die, both times. The first time, okay, get this, March. This past March, they reach out. Everyone's starting to, everyone's concerned about coronavirus, but we don't know what's going on. Hmm. So I get, uh, the studio reaches out. Oh, you know, are you interested in going to London for No Time to Die? You want to talk to James Bond? <laughs> do you have the time to talk to James Bond? Shana Lynch, Naomi Harris, Leah Sidhu, Rami Malek, uh, Carrie Joji Fukunaga, and, oh, little naive me, one of my first thoughts is, what, were Ray Fiennes and Ben Wishaw too busy to join in? But then, of course, I was like, um, yeah. Because <laughs> literally, I, I, had, um, I missed out on Spectre because mm. I was sort of lower on the totem pole mm. And for some reason, I didn't have a passport at the time. I forgot to renew it. So Happens to the best of us. I, I missed out on going to Mexico City for Spectre, and we mm. had to send someone else. So from that point on, I, I had a bug in me. It's like, look, I got to make no time to die. Mm. This has to happen. So then we, I get that email, and I'm just like, yes, I'm doing it, clearing my schedule. And then they made the announcement on St. Patrick's Day weekend that there were lockdowns. Mm. And I then that you know, even reached out just to be sure. It's like, are is this still going on? They're like, well, we'll we'll provide an update when mm. we know what's going on. Yeah. So then, obviously, movie got pushed. Junket was going to get pushed. So then, I think it was mid September or early October. They're like, okay, uh, we're going to do Zoom interviews for the November release. You've got this, this, oh, this, and this person. Are you interested? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally am. Mm. And push to April came. <laughs> so, but I am, I'm just still obscenely excited. I'm still glad to, if they offer me once again to do the press honors, I will accept them instantly. Uh, just because this is, you know, this is Daniel Craig's last James Bond mm. movie. This is the possible end of an era story wise, just because they've been doing this wonderful episodic story mm. throughout his run. Yeah. And also it just still looks phenomenal. It does. I mean, you <laughs> even going on months of just the one trailer, I was hyped. Then they released that second one where there's that really uh, my wife and I like to call it an aggression of horns because <laughs> they're playing that Bond theme in that trailer and it's like bum 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 yeah. bum 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 yeah. and I'm like, "Oh wow, you just found another way to make this exciting." Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. They're very good at that. I've noticed they're very good at that. But I am so yeah. I am. I'm excited. It, the only way it affects me is I want to discuss it. I want to talk about it with folks like you, and I want to 
you know, if they were going to send me a streaming link, I was probably going to wait, go to my dad's house and oh. watch it. It's like, look, they gave this to me. I, you are one of the only people I will show this to mm. because I'm not going to willy nilly just, I'm not going to rent out a theater and say, come see it. You know, uh, I'll just slip the money to Barbara later. It's the last stream but, you're getting. <laughs> yeah. But I would, uh, I would have totally, you know, brought my computer over and hooked it up to my dad's television and said, okay, we're going to watch this together. That's nice. That's and sweet. I'm, I still plan on doing that whenever it releases. You know, I will gladly just take the time, have my brothers with me, my father with me, and just say, "Look, we're gonna let's let's enjoy this together." Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's nice to know, and it's super exciting to know that. Uh, exciting slash frustrating to know that that you had twice now so close to double uh, <laughs> O opportunities for. I'm just glad they trust me. <laughs> well, it's a it's a hell of a vote of confidence. You know, the the the, the Bond people because uh, I'm, I'm you might be familiar with David Zaritsky from the Bond Experience uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he he has uh, oh yeah yeah he 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 has we like to joke we have people everywhere yeah this people. man has people everywhere and oh, and yeah. and you know he's he's been a little bit cagey but you know the bond people can be a little bit um close to the vest uh when it comes to who they want to talk to and this and that so the fact that you're i don't know if we want to be so bold as to say you're in their inner circle but the fact that they 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 trust you. That's that's a hell of a... From the Bond people, I would argue, because Disney... Not to say that opportunities to talk to Disney people or Warner Brothers people isn't interesting. I, I talk to any of them. I don't care. But but I think if the Bond people come to you, that's like, oh, this is interesting, you know? Uh, yeah. So that's... that's uh, You're now our best friend, Mike. Uh, <laughs> well, I, feel like, I feel like I've made best friends out of you guys, too. Just this, <laughs> this is a wonderful conversation. But, uh, Matt, I, you know, for, for the sake of the listeners, even though we've had God knows how many off-mic conversations. Um, are you still excited for No Time to Die? Do I need to tell you? <laughs> of course I'm excited. You know, I, I'll remain excited. And I, I, I get that some people get a little bit iffed and frustrated by the delays. But, I mean... You don't want to see, just see the movie. You want to, you want your own team to to mm. to, to to be successful. You want the franchise oh, yeah. to to be successful to continue. And like I just don't, I don't just want one movie. I want twenty more mm. Bond movies after this one. And if this one flops and isn't not as, success, as successful as it could be. Guess what? It, we might not. This might not only be the final Daniel Craig Bond movie. It could be the final Bond movie if it's not successful enough. There is always that risk. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I'm 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 very excited. It's it's I, one of the things I keep telling myself. You know, with all the, the clips, uh, with all the the, well, the two trailers, but two quite uh, impressively thorough trailers. You know, the yeah. fact of the matter is this movie lasts two hours and 40-something minutes, 42, 43 minutes. Oh, my minutes. God, I'm going to need, like, uh, something from my Just back. Just make it a three-hour movie. Just do it already. <sighs> I'm sure there's some deleted scenes they can fit in there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's... I keep telling myself that, you know, so we've had about, uh, you know, give or take five minutes worth of trailers, although some shots, you know, are repeated in the second trailer. But let's, let's for the sake of a conversation, we've had about five minutes worth of footage shown to us. It's, it's five minutes in two hours and 45. There are two hours and 40 minutes of this movie we haven't seen yet. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that still gets me uh, or keeps me uh, 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 very excited. Are, are, are there things that 
are, are there points in the two trailers that you've noticed that that particularly I mean everything of those five minutes has us excited but are there are there things in the trailers that really got you going like oh what's that going to be like in the finished product you know so the big thing that keeps coming up is the fact that Rami Malek's Safin mm. or if that is in fact his real name <laughs> is probably the first classic type Bond villain we're going to get in the Daniel Craig run because up until this point, mm. even with Blofeld and Spectre, it's a criminal organization. Mm. They pull strings behind the scenes for all these other things, but it's never been world domination, uh, mm. a doomsday germ or something. And that's exactly what it looks like we're getting with, with yeah. Safin mm -hmm. is that he's got some sort of doomsday device, like those little red vials that you see in the trailers. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, Nomi is saying he's, he could kill millions. Like, this is the first time we're getting large-scale, hard-hitting Bond villain action. And this will tie into something else that I know we wanted to talk about. I'm wondering if this means that the door for continuity is open to those sort of villains even more. Because the trailers keep telling us, this is the 007 movie that changes everything. The like the the everything begins from here like there was i forget the exact line but they're like the future begins from here or something begins from here I, or it's the beginning i don't and i'm wondering know. what this beginning is the beginning of i don't know i it's a very you know if you know your bond and you know your bond history and the fact that continuity is 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 a little hit or miss shall we say uh historically with this franchise for the trailer to boast that this is the movie that begins the new beginning or that changes everything. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, what What do you mean this is the Bond movie that changes everything? What does that... And since then, since that first... I don't remember which of the trailers did that, but since that moment, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, I think <laughs> it's just a marketing spin. You think it's just a marketing I spin? I wouldn't put too much money on that, to be honest with you. Uh, I could be 100% wrong, but... They've been saying it's the biggest, it's the best since the 1960s. So I think it, it, it's just. If you're going to say biggest and best, that's one thing. But if you're mm. going to say it changes everything, I don't know if Barbara and Michael would. I don't know if the Eon Productions crew would want to go out with that if they didn't at least believe it in some cap, in some context. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, Matt. I, but I do have to think like it's such a particular thing to scream in your trailer in a franchise where you've you've never yelled that before. Yeah, well, uh, we, yeah. We, we've all heard the multiple rumors about the certain characters, the mm. ending. Uh, mm. I've heard some that I've I've I haven't heard anywhere, mm. and I'm not willing mm. to put them on uh, on tape yet. Mm. But I've heard stuff, and I'm like. Oh, that'd be interesting. And well, I, I remember there was one. You and I were fishing with our mutual friend that really wants that gold edition of the Best of Bond. And I was getting a little bit fed up. I was like, okay, what are you two bozos talking about? Just what's happening in this movie? And, and you and, and our friend uh, Jean said, blah, blah, blah. And I was, we all sort of went like, really? <laughs> I was like, how's that going to play out? Like, why? I wonder if the same rumor I heard, the one that someone apparently got off of eBay 
from uh, the, sh- the call sheets that said that uh, something may be happening in the epilogue? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah the, again, the, we want to remain spoiler-free. Maybe we'll have an off-mic conversation before we yeah. say ciao <laughs> later on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some things that have been obviously, obviously unofficially, thank you, Captain Obvious, you know, revealed to the public where, you know... Even I- the track listing as, uh, as spoiler for the soundtrack... For the Bond fans that know they're yeah. Fleming. Well, there was one that was like, yeah, it's a spoiler, but I'm kind of happy. Uh, oh, I'm that. super excited for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. bring it. I gotta look for this track listing. I only saw that they released the Gun Barrel song, but they I didn't did. know they put the track listing out. Yes. Oh, the, no, the track listing as a major, major spoiler. Yes, if you know you're Fleming, if you know you're Fleming specifically, <laughs> there's, there's a track... Where I, I remember, I re- in fact, we have a, uh, I don't know how long you've been listening to our show, but we did a Bond 26, an imaginary Bond 26, where Matt, d- you did your movie, uh, My Enemy's Enemy. Yeah. And I did uh, a picture's worth a thousand deaths. And now we're working on our Bond 27s. God knows when we'll record that. And when I saw the track listing, I went like, oh, shit, I got to rewrite a scene. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought of putting it in. But that's, you know, there, there's the, the well, the Fleming well is, there's not much left. There's still some stuff, but it's mostly dried, and that that's that's a good element that I'm like, oh, I'm glad they're picking that element and bring it to the screen because it's it's pretty cool. In as described in the book, it's not it's not super well exploited in the book, but the, the notion of of that element. Are, are you reading the track listing? By not yet. It's still loading. Uh, I'm listening. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's oh god. There there's there's still some some morsel, but I you know they started using uh, some continuation novel elements with Spectre, yeah. Yeah. and we we're slowly making our journey through the uh, the Garner continuation novel. With there's a lot of hit and misses with that, but the log lines, the plot that he has mm-hmm. are. Like on most of them, um, I could easily see them reworked for for a Bond film. I hope they eventually come to an agreement with the estate of uh, these people, uh, the, the gardeners, and just you know, you, you, use the title if you want, use character, plot, situation, mm. or just use them. Yeah. Just put them, put them mm. in, in a pile. Just you know, make an agreement. <laughs> Makes make some, give them some money, and you can, you know what? You can make money every time you when you start making uh, the movie adaptation of Icebreaker. And even if it's not named mm. Icebreaker, you get take it. Which one are you pulling out? Carte Blanche. Blanche <laughs> needs to be a movie. Oh, <laughs> we're 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 some some ways away from from doing Carte Blanche. Uh, I guess drive by one of us is not too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on carte blanche. I need to reread it to be fair. I need. It's but a little bit hazy in my memory. I, it's still. I. I still would like them to get the get the rights because there are. Even though I I'm not a particular fan of that book, there are elements that are super cool sequences that are would be interesting in a movie. I would say this, and I just thought this is breaking breaking news, breaking thoughts. Uh, <laughs> No Time to Die is Daniel's last Bond film. The, and we'll get to the well, – that's our next topic, continuity. Uh, Bond 26 comes out. You get the new guy, but you still pull some of the threads from Spectre No Time to Die. And Bond 20 the, – the, the new actor, Bond 26, gets to do a 
nobody, uh, shoot, I don't want to get my Garner titles, a nobody lives forever uh, plot where Spectre's like, you know what? To hell with this. All of you assassins, go kill Bond. And that's how the new actor starts his, starts his Bond career. Where it's that's like, a good, that's, that's the first movie of, this, of the new guy. Everybody wants to kill Bond. <laughs> don't need the uh, genetically modified bat that's in the book, but the plot... No, you don't need that. But. The plot of that novel is quite good, and there's a... The, the One of the henchmen, well, the villain is dispatched. It's, it's kind of gruesome. She gets both arms. I don't know if you've read that one, but she, she gets both. Because no, they, oh, they, they want to take, well, decapitate Bond in, in a guillotine. And it, it, there's a struggle, and she gets both her arms, like, chopped off instead of Bond's head. Yeah, it's cool. I could see that in a movie. I'm like, I'd if be brutal. If can go through a cocaine grinder, oh, anything yeah. is possible. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Anything is possible. Anything oh my god. Possible. We're we're recording Sorry, License I've to Kill later on, so very 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 apt. Uh, I have something for you that shoot. you might we might do best friends again because <laughs> one of the other things I asked Barbara Broccoli when I got to talk to her is have you thought about doing any of the other non Fleming books? Oh if I'm remembering my response correctly, she's like, you know, we're we're really more focused on doing original films. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's because of what you just said, like the 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 estates mm. then the rights and everything might be a little iffy although mm. i mean they did get john gardner to write novelizations for two brosnan movies yeah, yeah. so i i would think that they're not you know unless something major happened i would think they're not you know enemies yeah i don't know how how that's interesting that's an interesting one i, I agree with you matt i think uh... also they may they, they they did get some rights for colonel from colonel Sol mm. for that scene in mm. specter so yeah they might be slowly like you know what let's pocket change let's 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 give gardner's grandson money for for for, for college <laughs> when you buy never say never again and casino royale 67 just to have them that's when you know you're in a good place. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and that's actually a very good point, Mike. I mean, if you can buy back or back for the first time, if you can buy Casino Royale 67 and never say never again, it's like, why would you not want to take out some pocket change and, and, and buy Nobody Lives Forever and buy No Deals, Mr. Bond, buy Icebreaker? It's like, I, we haven't got to that one yet, but we're, we're, we're I, I like to say we're excited for the next Gardner. I'm still kind of excited. <laughs> You know what? I'm always excited because I, when I read the log lines and, and some of the plots, I'm like, oh, oh, that sounds cool. This one will be good. It, and it's it's never the what uh, the problem. I just quick quick drive by. Drive by. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, it's one weakness is characters. He's he has an overabundance of character, and there are, a lot of them are sort of muddy at best. They're they're sort of I'm going to take my favorite expression, oh, yes. amorphous blobs, especially the Bond girls. Like they're, I, I don't know who's talking. Like they're, they're almost the same. And their description sometimes, oh, it's a, 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 a blonde with a large bosom. Isn't the other one another blonde with a large bosom? It's, it's, <laughs> they're, they're, they're so interchangeable that, yeah. that sometimes mm. you're like, you for, you forget which one's the baddie and which one's the goodie. Mm. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in Garn. Actually, no. To be fair, there's a lot of that. In there's Garn. a lot of that, but the the the, the luck lines, even the last one, we uh, it's, it's no deals with no Mr. Deals, Bond. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, and there's good moments where yeah, like one of the the villain has like a 
three or no two two dogs that are <laughs> respond to all of her co commands and i'm like that, that that's a bond villain she, and, and the, ca the character is a little rosa klebish yeah. you know it's, yeah, it's like oh, i see what you're doing now that's kind of interesting and the, the, when he he's put in a sort of a gauntlet to fight for like killers uh, i'm like oh i could see that in a movie mm. but like the bond girls i'm like when we discussed it with with emery and another one of her friends we're like they're, they're kind of weak and it's a, yeah. Yeah. it's a recurring team but i'm still excited the next one is scorpius it's it's uh bond against uh I'm gonna see. Well, it's it's a cult, so I don't want to. I don't know which cult the, they they took inspiration from, but it, it, it's a death cult. Like it's it's, okay. it's nice. That's yeah. no no wait no. Scorp yeah, that's Scorpius. And after that, it's I think it's Broken Claw. Broken Claw. I love the name, so I'm I'm, I'm excited good for name. that. That's good. Name. We shouldn't judge a book by its title, though, as we've learned with Gardner. <laughs> uh, but uh, so so I guess we we sort of sort of hinting at continuity and, and one of the topics you wanted to chit chat about which i thought was a curious one was the continuity of this of this franchise post daniel craig considering that as you very astutely uh, or succinctly put it you know the, the, the casino royale to no time to die timeline is it's very much its own thing what do you do after that these wild rumors going about do you have some feelings thoughts expectations worries hopes bond 26 and 27 28 and so on where, where are your feelings at uh, mike about that it feels like a very this this feels like another one of those pivotal points in history for when it comes to bond because it was the first seven movies that really ran as their own continuous run hmm. like you go from dr no straight to diamonds are forever there was the whole run of mm. Bond slowly uncovering Spectre, mm. meeting Blofeld. Blofeld becomes his nemesis, and then the revenge for Tracy's death. Mm. And after that, you know, Roger Moore comes in, and they didn't really pay that much attention to continuity at that point. Maybe part of it was because of McClory having Spectre's rights, and maybe part of it was just they wanted to do something different with a new actor. Mm. Even though... Some of the, the the little touches I really like that they had with uh, for your eyes only and license to kill is they reference Tracy. They yep. reference that sadness of the character, and both times you get these wonderful responses out of the actor, yep. like ro like just opening for your eyes only. You have Roger Moore delivering flowers to the grave, mm. and then that one moment with Timothy Dalton in License to Kill where there's Felix and Della, and then Felix just tells her the story like he was married once, mm. and just. And 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 the just Dalton not getting enough credit as well. Just the way he feels that moment. Mm, very true. Is, that is just some of the stuff that I love the most out of the Bond canon. So mm. I really would like for there to be some way that they can continue the continuity post Craig. But at the same time, if they've got to go somewhere new, if they feel they got to do something different, but not just reboot it again. Like at the very mm. least okay, Bond is in the field and doing this, this, and that. We don't. We can maybe reference thing, certain things here and there, but as long as they don't do a full reboot, I'm fine. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah, the, the reboot has me a little bit worried too. What, what, what do you, you feel, uh, Matt? Um, I would, I would keep it as a thematic continuity. You know, you, you don't see that Spectre doesn't exist. You can obliquely 
mention uh, Vesper Lynn or whatever mm. happened to Madeline, but not directly. And, you know, you can have like, oh, I knew uh, that blonde in uh, blah, blah, blah. You, stuff like that. You can. Another, another blonde with a good bosom. Yeah. Well, oh. Slightly smaller. Slightly smaller. That's <laughs> you could have, you know, I, I would have Spectre sort of disbanded and sort of this um, no longer shady but you could still have agents mm. everywhere that are starting their own little thing but it's it's obviously not not as strong or as well coordinated and used mm. to be say oh you're but don't bring back any of the actors uh, don't bring back christoph waltz don't bring back blofeld actually i would mm. say just he, he, I hope he dies in No Time to Die, just not to bring it back. I'm not mm. a fan That's of right. that character. And I feel in some of the continuation novel, the fact that it's it, somebody else tries to take over mm -hmm. is, is something that could be a little bit more interesting. But eventually, Spectre, Spectre's got to go, man. Like, I'm <laughs> it, it, yeah. it can't, it, it, it makes no sense for Bond to have a recurring villain it makes him completely uh pointless as a character he's supposed to be a killer they, they should be dead like <laughs> batman you can have the joker come back time and time again because he like first of he's he's for kids and he has his no kill rule but bon come on he's got a license to kill if he doesn't yeah. kill pe people he's pointless he's james bond jr any <laughs> low blow low blow even if you, you want to keep specter in the canon you don't always have to bring them out you could just have him fighting splinters mm. of specter because as we've seen with no time to die safin is an ex-specter assassin because yeah. that was one of the first questions i had when they released the the first trailer was okay is he specter because blofeld's talking about him in some way that this does not sound like these guys get along and mm. what is that what does that entail for this guy mm. so like you could just have it as like a background, like it's it's the looming threat. But kind of like how Star Wars really shouldn't have just done the First Order. It's like, <laughs> hey, the Empire. It's like, okay, the Empire's done, but here's know, all these splinter groups and all these different organizations or parties that are like not organized. Mm. So they're a little messy, but they're more deadly because they don't have a code. Right. Yeah, I always thought though. I mean, this is not the Star the Galaxy Detour, but yeah, that was. I still remember sitting in the theaters to see, uh, uh oh, Force Awakens, Return uh, of the Force of the Jedi. That one, Skywalker, right. the Empire Who Strikes Back. Yeah, well, exactly. That's that's very astutely put, uh, Mike. I remember sitting in the theaters to see the Force Awakens, and of course we had seen the trailer, but I hadn't really read too much, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to quote what the crawl says, but you know, it says something to the effect of. First Order's here, and uh, Skywalker's gone, and uh, the good guys have to make a play. And, I'm, and, and I, I do like The Force Awakens on, on, on the whole, but I remember sitting there going like, They're still minute, fighting about, that war? What about Return of the Jedi? What about the ending of that? <laughs> like, what happened? I, did you guys, did the good guys mess this up that quickly? <laughs> like, I thought it was weird. It's all, you, you gotta read the books and play the games, man. That's oh. how it works now. Oh, but, man. Uh, I know. It's not as bad as the dead speak. Oh, right. That thing. Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah that forget was... about that movie. You know, it took yeah. me like three days 
to finish that movie. Like I could only stomach like few minutes here. Okay, I need a break. I need a break. I I finally finished it, and I'm like, I never need to watch it again. The best part of that was I'd already seen it in a press screening. Okay. So I took my wife to go see it in theaters because she wanted to see it still. Mm -hmm. And even though I was like, I mean, if you want to go, I'll take you. It's a good marriage. (laughs) It is a very good marriage. And the moment that they reveal the big spoiler in that, Mm. she says, no effing way. Mm. No. Like Mm. in the theater, she says it a little above a whisper. And I'm just sitting there and I'm smiling. It's like, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did it, and uh, yeah. I was, this is, we don't want to derail this too much. But that's, I, I honestly, the I, I can't remember with who I was. I was it might have been you, Matt. And I was saying, you know, I'm a very positive-minded movie goer. Like a movie has to really press the wrong, my wrong buttons for me to leave the theater room going like, wow, that was a pos. And unfortunately, yeah. I left the room of Rise of the Return of the Skywalkers going. That was a POS. That was a you bad movie, uh, and I don't do that often. I, you gotta, you gotta f something up bad for me to say no, your movie. Yeah, bad, it's you true. Know? You're more uh, like even if it's mediocre. You just walk out and call it that. It's like eh, yeah. it could have been better. Mm. But this was just to be the end of this huge story mm. and to fall that flat. Mm. That is a special gift of stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I've since become. Uh, what I call a sequel prequel denier. I, I I've yeah. I only own the original three movies. Unfortunately, the special edition they put out a few years ago. I have yeah. no need for prequels. Mm. I haven't watched them in years. And these sequel movies, I actually bought because I kind of like the the Force Awakens. It mm. you know it, it reintroduces a lot of visual elements and it, it drink me but in the end i was like like when i saw what the second one i was like i'm done and i watched the third one of morbid curiosity because i was like I, I don't care anymore you kill luke skywalker and han solo and princess leia the actress is, has passed away i don't care you lost me and i i still love last jedi I love Last Jedi, but to your point, Force Awakens, I felt like that was the one that had to reintroduce everything because after the prequels, it's like, okay, here's what Star Wars was once like Mm. to you. It's like they kind of had to retread that ground with that one, Mm. and that's why I liked how Last Jedi changed everything because it's like, okay, here's where we could go. And then they don't. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't. They they say, kill the past, kill the past. No, just embrace it. Because then they're like, okay, maybe we should listen to the the fans that didn't like it, and we'll just go back to we'll do yeah. this. This is yeah. this was the plan the whole time, and it's like, no, no it wasn't. We should have just kept moving, and it's like, even if people didn't like it, they would have still watched it, and at least it probably would have been a better movie than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Well, what could have been? What could have been? Let's. Uh, you know what could be great? The next Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, and the next era of Bond because honestly, I I just circled back around to the fact that even when it wasn't at its best, there's still something. There's yeah. still sequences. There's still characters. There's still shots that just mm. work. Yeah. This this franchise has not been around for six over around six decades for for no reason. Mm-hmm.
even when it's bad it's always entertaining i always say that you know diana day gets a lot of bad mm. a bad reputation because it's let's face it it's it's kind of stupid it's and bonkers. silly it's bonkers but well, Graves is fun. It's oh god, I love him. But it's entertaining. Like there's always stuff blowing up, and even if there's a bad special effect, it's funny because it's a horrible special effect. You can actually imagine Pierce Brosnan fil filming that, and it's funnier. Like I, I would actually release the green screen cut of that movie just to <laughs> laugh at it. Oh god, bless his heart, Pierce Brosnan. Bless his heart part of all is towards the end and he's like look parachutes for the both of us oh. not anymore oops not anymore oh i laughed so hard in theaters when i saw the that two kindred spirits oh no yeah. I, I love gustav graves i love toby stevens best of that moment have mm -hmm. you have you heard him do the he reads a few of the the books and he does the mm -hmm. radio dramas as bond and i've been I want to make my way into those because mm. I heard him do. I haven't heard him do the Bond books or the 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 radio dramas, but I heard him do some of the Raymond Chandler books for the BBC, like uh, oh. The Big Sleep. Interesting. And I I I want to listen to them because I want to talk to Toby Stevens about that because that's an amazing path to go from Bond villain to like Bond. Yeah, and just the, stay with the series for this long. The, you know, the tragedy of Toby Stevens is that I think. As much as I love him as Gustav Grace, I think he would have been even better as Bond. Like when you hear him, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And he, he, he was fit and looked good. If Pierce, like he, uh, mm. We um, reviewed, now this is going back a few months. I think it was at the, near the start of the pandemic, but we reviewed the man, the BBC radio play adaptation of Golden Gun, I yep. want to say, starring Toby yeah. Stevens. And um, he's, I don't mind you, it's, it's, exclusively voice acting but having seen him in a few movies i've seen a couple non uh, dying of the day toby stephen films you know that voice that attitude with his with his physical capa capabilities he would have been oh, first of all, as a voice actor he's a marvelous bond i love him as bond but yeah it's 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 um it's a real shame he would have been really really good it would have been weird seeing him as gustav graves and then maybe as bond in casino royale but uh i just pardon Work for Charles Gray. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Dicko Henderson, and then he's blown out. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's what. Uh, or are, were there any other? Um, no time to die. James Bond I, topics. I got one last one. And oh, right, it's true. We forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the probably the last one because after that, it's, we've been recording for a long time. It's gonna be a big episode. Uh, but the, the, talking about Sto Toby Stevens and his legacy and his voice and his great acting, there's a new video game that's been announced, and I don't know if they're gonna use. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to use Daniel Craig for, for this one, but if they create their own version of Gene's Bone, <clears throat> Toby Stevens. Ooh. 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 Why the hell not? They, okay, so you're, you're obviously talking about the Project 007 yes. announcement that mm. up recently. Yes, mm. yes, yes. That, I believe DO Interactive is the name of the I, company. IO. I, don't I, don't. I thought it was 10. Apparently, it's IO. IO, my mistake. IO Interactive. DO, I think that was like Domark back in the old James Bond days. <laughs> oh, old right. video games for yes. James Bond. But IO Interactive is making Project 007, which is supposed to be a fresh origin story. Mm, that Beyond Productions is, and MGM have creative partners working with them on that game. Now, we don't know when it's going to come out. 
I very much doubt it's going to be a Craig thing because I think Craig, you know, when he's done with No Time to Die, it's okay. Hmm. He doesn't want to hold it up for the next person. Right. But it's a new origin story. So I wonder if they are playing completely out of uh, movie canon because he said, oh, this is the first 007 origin story. And I'm thinking, okay. Right. Uh, I'm going to stop you there because hmm. we had Casino Royale 06. We hmm. have Forever and a Day. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got origins out there. So, but this could be the first. Game origin. Mm-hmm. Cool. Toby Stevens would be amazing as right. a Bond because they could tweak what he could. They could go back to his younger form if they wanted to. Or I still think he'd probably look like a good Bond now. Like the man's still looks yeah. tremendous. He looks when you look good. at like Black Space or Black Sails. Yeah. Very but I, I am very curious as to what they'll do with that game. And I'm curious if we'll get a multiplayer as good as Goldeneye. <laughs> I think everybody's also that. eight years without a James Bond game. We went through a whole console generation without a Bond game, and it makes me mad. Yeah, it's funny. We just recorded. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, I was at uh, Matt's place earlier this week, and uh, we recorded a. We spent the day playing some of the video games, and we recorded it. We recorded an episode. Breaking news: It'll go up in, in a month or two. <laughs> Um, and we might want to record a little preface yes. saying, by the way, we recorded this like 48 hours before they announced the new James Bond video game. Enjoy the episode. Because, uh, yeah, one of the things we brought up was, was yeah, the, the, the lag, the dearth of, um, of Bond video games, which is something that could reel fans in, much like GoldenEye did. Well, GoldenEye 64, that is, uh, did back, back, in, in, back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah. So. I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to see if you guys do a uh, full like everything or nothing episode because that's something that I would love to hear your your take on just because of how much they they really did make that the Bond movie that mm. never happened. Yeah. Adam Bloodstone are the two that are like mm. the most prime. Yeah, and like Willem Dafoe is Max Zorin's like student, yeah. or I, I forget know. if he's a student or his son, but like pupil yeah. or I'm probably mispronouncing that name in that word. Oh, pupil, pupil. Pupile? Oh, pupile. Yes. He's his pupile. And uh, that's a fun thing. They started throwing that big money at video games when uh, EA yeah. was doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that was one of the takeaways because we played some of the older, oh, long before EA was a thing, we played some of the older ones and it was fine. Then we went through about three or four EA games and we enjoyed, you know, to varying degrees, but we enjoyed all of them. And then we ended the day with um, uh, the Activision. Gold, yeah, the GoldenEye... Uh, Reloaded, oh, which oh, yeah, reloaded. I have, I have a very as much as I like GoldenEye sixty four, the Reloaded. I have uh, such a physical negative reaction to that game. I don't know if it's a frame rate, but it, it, or, or the controls with because uh, we played on the Wii, it, it makes me throw up like literally. Oh, yeah, yeah I, like, I get motions. The, I, I brought out the mop and uh, I, I'm, I have yeah. motion sickness. I, uh, like five minutes in, I'm like, oh, oh, I gotta stop looking at it. It's it's making me nauseous. Damn rail mechanics. Yeah, hmm. I, I'm I'm okay with rail shooters. Like if you do it for a level or two, fine, but not a whole game. And mm-hmm. just well, some if you do it right, it's good for a whole game. But that was hmm. I, I know what you because you played the Wii version. You said yeah. right. Yeah. I, that's got that literally when it came out i got it with the golden control and i never finished it and i'm wondering if like the xbox 360 version is any better because mm-hmm. they eventually ported it over interesting interesting but yeah. uh i mean what i think what's exciting about the the io project 007 news is the fact because we 
I mean, the reason why we know so little is because the press announcement also said, by the way, we're still building up the programmers team. <laughs> they haven't done anything. Uh, so I think like, the precisely, you know, so like the possibilities are quite literally endless with the exception with the sole exception being that through this game, we will. And even then, we don't know. Is the end of the game the double O license? Is that the, is it like the pre-title sequence of the game? Like we don't even know that. So the possibilities really are endless. Yeah. Was, is this in the fifties? Is this in twenty twenty? Is like, it during World know. War Two? Like is when during World War Two? When a guy on on Instagram was like, hey, "It could be World War Two. It could be. It could be modern. It could be. We don't know. It could be a multiplayer. It could be. It could yeah. be like that bad uh, cell phone game, World of Espionage, and just mm. touching buttons. I doubt it. No, probably but, not. Hopefully, like I'm not a big fan of first-person shooters. I, I that's why I like Everything or Nothing and From Russia with Love. I think they're the pinnacle of Bond games, and I hope they aim a little bit more towards that than uh, another GoldenEye clone. As much as I enjoy yeah. GoldenEye, it's t more than 20 years old now. Just get with the times. It's like, I, I, yeah. I really hope that like I I want to I want the balance of both. Like one of the best examples I could think of is Call of Duty, because mm. Call of Duty has a great campaign mode. That this when it's good, the stories are fantastic, and then you've got a rich multiplayer that you can just keep going back to. Yeah. And I want like I every time I would play Call of Duty, it's like why haven't they let the developers of Call of Duty do Bond? Mm. Because I want a Bond battle royale. <laughs> I want a campaign mode. Like I just want something that really celebrates the franchise like those games did well you know it, i i would like to think and we'll find out in a year and change when this game comes out or whenever it comes out i'm suspecting in a year and change um but i would like to think one of the reasons why it took so long for there to be an announcement about a new video game is the fact that maybe eon and mgm are trying to be as for the right reasons mind you as picky as possible about who they want to develop a new James Bond game and what they want that James Bond game to be like. It, it doesn't, for you to wait, wait is not the right word, but I think the listeners know what I mean. For you to wait eight years to announce one, not to release one, to, to announce, announce one, I'd like to think it's because you want to get this right. You want this to be a damn good video game, duh, but a great James it, Bond experience. Because the Activision know. games were... Well, f as far as I'm concerned, failed experiments uh, the, the and the mobile abomination that was released yeah. uh, maybe like five or six years ago. The less is said. Like, I love making fun of it, but I barely remember that game. But hmm. yeah. yeah, I liked Bloodstone when I played it. I really liked Bloodstone because I think they got Bruce Firestein to come in and write. Like they got him to come in and write the 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 story. Yeah. They had like Josh Stone do a title song and he plays a character, and it was fully Craig and and Judy Dench in there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that didn't push forward because the studio that helped make it, Bizarre Creations, went bankrupt, uh, and apparently they had a, that and a sequel to one of their racing games were the casualties that it's like, you guys had these really good games and then you couldn't make the sequels because you ran out of money. <laughs> And then yeah. 007 Legends happened. Right. The, well, I've never, I've never actually played that. I've I have never. played a little bit of Bloodstone, uh, but I never played Legends. This is okay. Yeah. But I, 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 I really wish they would have gotten to the different estates of the actors and asked for their likenesses instead of, oh well, this is all Daniel Craig's flashbacks during Skyfall. 
Yeah. That's weird. That, that That's the GoldenEye Reloaded Syndrome, which, like, you're making mm. an adaptation of... Uh, like, you were making a video game that was an adaptation of a movie that's, uh, what, 20 years old, but you're not adapting the movie. You're putting the character that's playing the character mm. today and you're resetting it to... It makes no sense. Who is this game for? I don't know. But... Like, The, the kids didn't play that much. It was not that successful. No. I don't know. It's just, it, there's some things, and I think this is one of the things we talked about on, on Monday, was for me, I just, there's some things that just aren't done. And I, th I think I started using random examples of like, Roger, Roger Moore stars in Dr. No, you know, Timothy Dalton stars in The Spy Who Loved Me. Like, no, no. You, just, you don't do that. You know, Timothy Dalton's in License to Kill. Roger Moore is in Live and Let Die. That's how it works. Daniel Craig stars in Golden Knights. Like, no, you don't. It doesn't feel right. It feels like it's a disservice, honestly, oh, to uh, to Pierce Brosnan. It feels like yeah, it's a disservice to him. And his peer, like his tenure, it's it's almost insulting. I don't know. It doesn't uh, well, the game sucked anyway? So, <laughs> yeah. but that'll be on the show that we'll release in a month or two. But uh, <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else Bond related or No Time to Die specific related that uh, that we want to broach? Uh, that, I keep saying this this getting to this afternoon <laughs> that uh, that we wanna that we wanna tackle here. Anything on your mind, Mike? Not that I can think of right now, but I mean, you know, there's always the future. I'm sure we'll all think of something, and there might mm. be an email at some point. So. Do we want to do this again? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it's... And, of course. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I had such a blast, and I think mm. we, we're kindred spirit. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, totally. When you said the parachutes, I'm like, right. yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. If ever there's an episode where I have, like, a last-minute uh, can't show up, just send an email to, to my <laughs> perfect replacement. You guys love the parachute lines. <laughs> well, I do, too, mind you, but... Um, excellent. So, so uh, Mike, I know we, we introduced you at the start of the show, but where can people find you uh, online? Are you everywhere? <laughs> I have people everywhere. Um, <laughs> my writing can be found on cinemablend.com. Uh, I am the senior movie contributor slash con uh, a content producer there. Um, you can also find me on social media at Mr. Controversy 83 on Twitter and Instagram. I want uh, to follow you, yeah. Yeah, I also do a, a weekly radio segment for KGGO out of Iowa uh, because uh, they they sent us an, an email one time and said, do you have a movie guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll take it. And I made friends with one of their uh, one of their on-air personalities, Adam. So nice. every Friday we go up. Oh, that's and, How is how has that been going? I guess maybe during the pandemic, it's been more like the Netflix and the and the Amazon Prime releases as opposed to the theatrical releases that you guys have been talking about. Because Friday's still like the release day, sort of. Yeah. Is it still the release day? Is it? There's still some movies that'll go to theaters, but if I'm lucky enough to like send out an email in time, they'll I'll get like screen like mm, screeners. Right, I'm doing right, a junk, right. or even if I'm doing a junket for a movie, okay, and it's going to theaters right. and PBOD, they'll usually send out a a streaming link to me nice. but i try to keep up on as many titles as i can so we have something to yeah. talk about in a week yeah yeah i'm actually a little bit surprised at how much content has been mind you a lot of this was worked on pre pre-pandemic and and some studios have sort of got their 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 stuff in order to to 
you know, their due diligence and like the stories from the Batman set about people eating in bubbles or what I don't know what that was about. Uh, but you know, we got to get this Batman movie done, even though there's a pandemic. So like, they're still working on it. But I'm still surprised at how much content, most notably on the streaming services. But it's like every single week there's something's coming out. It's like geez, we've been isolated for like. 10 months at this point. Wait, where are these shows and movies coming from? Yeah, they were shooting a TV show in front of my apartment. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. That, how, would that, how was that? Uh, it looked, honestly, there were so many people and I think they, they probably had one or two shoots. It looked like the most boring. Like f filmmaking uh -huh. as a carrier, there's a lot of waiting around and it's a lot... Mm. It, it, it looked boring as hell. Like I, I watched them, and by like they arrived very early, and they were gone by one thirty in the afternoon. They, 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 okay, that's not they, too bad. They shot their shot and they left. Interesting. Well, it's also there's just a, a been a bigger window for stuff that goes exclusively to streaming or stuff that gets acquired to mm. sign, or even just independent movies that might have been flying under the radar anyway. Yeah, these deals and they're still being released in very uh like in limited theaters but mostly vod yeah like some it's just a good time for the smaller movies to get attention while the bigger movies keep pushing and pushing no absolutely absolutely i mean it's not like mind you notwithstanding the wonder woman 84 news this week i was about to say it's not as though they're releasing 250 million dollar blockbusters on streaming oops <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah no point point taken it's still a very very fair point uh, we'll, we'll see what one what this Wonder Woman 84 news holds for for the first few months or all of 2021. But yeah, by and large, you're absolutely right. It is a wonderful opportunity for films that honestly would have been totally squashed at the box office, as many of them are, to be fair. It's not like... I think it's unhinged, that small movie with Russell Crowe. I don't yeah. know. That, but that was probably more successful than it would have been. It would have been squished like a bug. It, it was a summer release for some reason. Mm. Just like I don't know what its original release date was. It a re summer release because it had no more choice, or was it like another? I have no idea. I don't know because I think it was earlier in the year. It was like maybe a January, possibly. <laughs> okay, wow. All right. See, for, for a movie like that, that's really smart because mm. you you're getting these shrinking windows of what you would call the off season. Mm. Like January, February is no longer off season because yeah. Deadpool and John Wick took care of that. Yeah. About a Marvel movie come out in March. Mm -hmm. I think Civil War came out in March, the year it came out, Something the year that it was that. released. April. So, yeah, or April, yeah. Captain Marvel, maybe. Captain Marvel, like uh, Black Black Captain Marvel is March. Black Panther was February. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're getting uh, the market is so stuffed at this point that every month you can find. Mm. You take. I mean, it used to be that you would open your big movies at the end of May to start summer movie season, and then Marvel took advantage of beginning of May, and then the window moved a little. It became April, and then yeah. Marvel started doing the end of April. Yeah, I know. The last two Avengers films, those were actually April. I mean, it was later. It was, we were very close yeah. to May, but still, there was that sort of clear default uh, not default but that that clear uh, delineation of oh it's no yeah. longer a may release it's actually an april release it's like it's actually because still kind of chilly when i'm going to the theater to see yeah. an avengers movie so it's it like, because they actually want to get it as close to free comic book day as possible because the first weekend in may is free comic book day interesting interesting synchronicity and uh not synchronicity what's the word i'm looking but, for that's not synchronicity it's 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 uh god i synergy? forget Synergy. Synergy, yes. Synergy, yeah. yes. Synchronicity yeah. is 
pretty close to that too. Like it's just the new, they shortened it. They put a couple new letters that aren't really used in there. <laughs> same like, word, same word. It's very nice of them, very open-minded of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we, do we have- uh, People everywhere. People everywhere. <laughs> Hashtag people everywhere. Yeah, people everywhere. For instance, Mike Reyes of the Cinnamon Blend <laughs> podcast and website. Um, we are at uh, www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, uh, which is the, uh, speaking of Safin and Spectre, it's the Shadow Tumblr account. To this day, I will continue not understanding how that works, how the, the, web, how the dot com is the Tumblr account. I don't need you explaining that to me. Might, I'd rather not know. Uh, don't, sometimes you just don't need to know what's in the secret sauce. Um, we're on Facebook at the James Bond Complex, Twitter at the Bond Complex. Uh, that, so Twitter's my baby, Instagram is your baby uh, at the James Bond Complex. Uh, we're on YouTube. We actually, as of this recording, we have actually filmed some stuff. We haven't edited it, but oh, we filmed some stuff. It's gonna take a long time before we're able to. But yeah, we 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 are on the verge of preparing a relaunch of our YouTube because mm. it's. Yeah, a little hit or miss. So uh, YouTube, search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe and tickle us with a thumbs up button. Uh, you can listen to us. Well, we're hosted at Anchor.fm. Thank you to them for their uh, free services. Uh, we're on Spotify, G uh, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And, of course, search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe to the James Bond Complex. Write a review. It's a free and democratic, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the United States, it's a free and democratic society. You may, if you feel like it, write a negative review. If it makes you feel bad and you hold back, we won't tell you to do otherwise. You can hold back from the negative review. It's fine. Um, and you Feels can, much better to be positive in life. Yeah, let's be positive. It's be a pandemic. Let's be fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be constructive. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. Um, and color those uh, five uh, empty stars. Make them five-star glowing golden gun stars. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Edgar Chapu S-O-S. I'm at Matt Claire with two T's 007 on the Instagram. Due to uh, a handle produced for out of originality. Yes. Inspiration. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Mike, we want to thank you very, very much for taking the time. A uh, heck of a lot more time than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, oopsie. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> very gracious of you. Uh, you're... you're you're very literate. You're very schooled in cinema, Bondian knowledge, and good taste. Very ah. good taste. Very good taste. You need a well, little. Because I'm on the James Bond complex. That's oh. That's... <laughs> Just yes. yes. Keep them coming. It's fine. Keep them coming. We we're not. Uh... Yeah, that's fine. That felt good. Yeah, that uh, I had I had to scratch the not down there, back there, not not back there. Up more now higher back there. Now you'll die knowing that you scratched my ego. Yes. Oh, very well done. Very well done. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, very good. I like this. I like. I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I kind of like this Mike Reyes guy. I kind of like him. <laughs> so uh, once again, thank you so much, uh, Mike. And uh, just as the James Bond, and I'm sure, you know, we've had such a good time. You know, Phil has come back. Bill has, although Bill's second episode hasn't been released yet, but Bill technically has come back. You know, we'll figure something out. You'll be back on the show. Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry. And uh, just as James Bond always returns, so too with the James Bond complex with... Um, something else? I think... Uh, oh, yeah. Bond uh, Beats Volume 3. No, it's isn't it IRS? 
No, that's been pushed. That's been pushed. That's been pushed. Okay. Although we could. Pu- no, nah, I, I want to do Bond Beats. Bond Beats first. I gotta edit okay. that shit anyway, so it's like. Hey, RS can wait. I mean, too. I mean, I gotta go to edit that great episode, that fantastic episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, sur ce, merci. À la, à la prochaine. Au revoir. And what is J? Uh, arigato matane. <laughs> <laughs>